We're here to tell you, kingdom down. Say down, say down. We're here to tell you. Oh, we're here to tell you, kingdom down. You've been building your kingdom all over this land. Say down, say down, we're here to tell you. Oh, we're here to tell you, kingdom down. Say down, we're gonna tell you, kingdom down.
harassed, or hindered? If you answered yes, then it's time to get set free of your demons by the power of Jesus Christ and His shed blood. Contact us, and a team of ministers will call you anywhere you live, worldwide, and cast out the demons in Jesus Christ's name. Send us an email to omegamanradio at yahoo.com and include your name, address, phone number, and Skype address if you have one, and we will phone you and spread the word spread the word. That Jesus Christ sets the captives free. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that message with Betsy Pelletieri and Joseph Cohen. Well, we're going to go ahead and open up the phone lines. And until I get a call, I'm going to read the word. If you need deliverance tonight, we've got the demon hotline wide open. I'll be manning it myself. You can dial in at area code 515-602-9734 That's a USA number. If you're outside America and you need prayer, you can put your uh, phone number in an email and send it to me or put it in there in the chat room. I need to know the uh, country you're in so I put in the right country code and just give me the full number. We can dial you anywhere in the world and patch you in. And maybe very soon I'm going to have some other ways that you can dial in. In fact, maybe some local numbers again set up uh, for England, Australia, some other countries. There'll just be a local call for you. Maybe we can figure out how to patch in Skype as well. The Demon Hotline has returned. Uh, Also, I want to alert you, if you weren't here yesterday to hear the announcements, um, I did some massive updates to OmegaManRadio.com. We've got a deliverance map up there and beta test. You can click on the map and uh, bit by bit I'll be filling it in with uh, ministries I know personally that do deliverance who would like to be enlisted there. And you can look on the map and see if there's someone in your area. Uh, we don't have a lot of people to put on there, but uh, I've got a starting point at least. Now, also I have 11 issues that we did of Omega Men magazine. I've got those up online. If you've never read the magazine, I think you'll enjoy that. They're PDF files. There's also a flip book, which is kind of cool if you have a, a large monitor, which I'll get uh, links for as well. But uh, the, the PDFs are up there for all 11 issues of the magazine. Maybe we'll bring that back at some point. That's up there. And uh, check it out. I hope you like the website and uh, some of the things that we're adding to it. Okay. We're also back on some new social media platforms. All those links there are listed at omegamanradio.com. I've got all the shows uploaded through yesterday that we've uh, done in the past week or two. So we're current. Still working on the Vault Project, which is where we're going to drop the whole back catalog, 10,700 and growing daily shows. More details on that to follow. Okay, let's pray. Father, Yehovah, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you for today. This is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. And we just plead the blood of Jesus over my household, over the household of everyone tuning in, Got a little commotion going downstairs. That's what happens when you have three babies in the house. Okay, so bear with us. This is a child-friendly show. Bring your crying children. That's where they need to be. Praise the Lord. 
Okay, we just bind every demonic force. It will try to stop this program tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, loose your warrior angels to surround each one of us for our protection. We forbid any transference of spirits tonight. Every demon that comes out, you come out and go to where the Lord Jesus sends you. We loose angels of God to execute that order in Jesus Christ's name. Take the demons, angels, where the Lord Jesus wants them to go tonight. They will not return or transfer to anyone. Again, we bind up and rebuke every spirit of backlash, retaliation, revenge, retribution, hindrance, or delay that would come against any of us in the name of Jesus. We bind every spirit of confusion, torment, chaos. We bind you in Jesus Christ's name. Satan, we put you on notice that we're attacking you tonight from our position of authority. Seated with the Lord Jesus Christ in the highest of the heavenlies, we bind every strong man and any listener tuning in, including myself, bind every demonic force in the sound of my voice in Jesus' name. We bind the strong man over Bali. I bind every demonic force on this island. All 40,000 temples, altars, and shrines. We bind the demon that sits on that throne in Jesus' name. We break all witchcraft sent against anyone or myself to try to stop us from being here tonight in Jesus Christ's name. Let every curse sent against anyone boomerang and hit the demons that carried it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The weapon formed against us shall prosper. Our Father which art in heaven, Yahovah, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine art the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Forgive us of all our sins, Lord Jesus. Known and unknown, back to the very first thought, word, deed, gesture, and action. In Jesus' name. Also bind the demonic force tormenting Judah today. We command it to loose him and go right now. Come out and go in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God, for this word we're about to read. We invite the Holy Spirit of God to come. Bless the word God in Jesus' name. Okay. In Jesus' name. Let's go first to First Samuel tonight. Verse 23. We're going to pick up where we left off yesterday. I want to thank those that have supported this ministry. I was able to buy some coconut water. I thank you for it. I toast you. Praise the Lord. Again, I want to thank you that support this program. God richly bless you in Jesus Christ's name. You are fueling episodes. Partnering with us, I pray God give you great reward in Jesus' name. 1 Samuel chapter 23. Then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Keilah, and they rob the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of Jehovah, saying, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? And Jehovah said unto David, Go and smite the Philistines and save Keilah. We should seek the Lord, especially in every major decision, minor decisions also. 
saying, Lord, shall I do so and so? And get our directions solidified. God can save us from a lot of misery where maybe we have walked presumptuously. I know I have done that at times. <clears throat> I've moved outside the will of the Lord. Excuse me. I'm sorry, folks, for the uh, noise in the background. Just a demonic distraction. And David's men said unto him, Behold, we be afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we come to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? So again, we can act presumptuously and get into a lot of trouble. Not a good idea to do that, especially in today's hour. You can waste resources that way. You can create problems that could take you a very long time to resolve. And God knows where all the landmines that the enemy have laid are placed. We seek the Lord. He can give us a blueprint for walking through the minefield. Again, lead us not into temptation. That's why we pray that. But deliver us from evil. It's part of the Lord's prayer. It's there for a reason. Because the enemy wants to tempt you and I. He'd like for you and I to fall. He will put his ambushments out there to try to take you and I out. Don't leave your house without pleading the blood of Jesus over you and your family and your car. Because the enemy has his people positioned around the globe, maybe at a table in a restaurant adjacent to you that he can tap at any time to do his bidding. We better be serving the Lord and be under his protection and seeking the Lord in all areas. In fact, it says, doesn't it, in the word, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. There you go, in all your ways. Not just some of the time. So David did wisely. Again, David's men said to him, Behold, we be afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we come to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of Jehovah yet again. David had faith, his men not so much. But he went back a second time. And Jehovah answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. Well, let every word be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. There's two witnesses. God said it twice. So David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their cattle and smote them with a great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. God performed his word. God is not a man he should lie, but he watches over his word to perform it, doesn't he? All we need is a word from the Lord. You can take that one to the bank. Sometimes you get a word from men. You're going to have to test that. Did they actually hear from God? Did they speak out of their own belly? Did they act presumptuously? Just as there are false, excuse me, there are true prophets, is what I mean to say. There are also false prophets. Just as there are true prophetic utterances where the Holy Spirit 
uses people and speaks. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's also demonic manifestations. There was even an old prophet who lied to the young prophet and it caused the young prophet to be killed, if I recall one of the stories. Test all spirits to see if they be from God. It's okay to ask God for a confirmation. Now Gideon went overboard, if you ask me. He asked for way too many. But yet God bared with him and uh, gave him the confirmations and he went out and went to battle. So God has performed his word. And it came to pass when Abiathar the son of Abimelech he was like the last man standing who had survived when Saul went up there and his crew slaughtered the priest then went over to the city of the priest and slaughtered them there too killed many men women, child cattle but Abiathar had fled he had survived when Abiathar the son of Abimelech fled to David to Keilah that he came down with an ephod in his hand and it was told Saul that David was come to Keilah. And Saul said, God hath delivered him into mine hand, for he is shut in by entering into a town that hath gates and bars. Saul called all the people together to war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. And David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him. And he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring here the ephod. Then said David, O Yahovah, God of Israel. Who is the God of Israel? Do you know his name? Well, thankfully we do still know his name. His name is Yahovah. King James has it in a few locations. But the actual Hebrew has it intact. Yahovah. We know how to pronounce it. We know how to spell it. Thanks to the texts that have remained intact including in the Aleppo and Leningrad Codex. It was never lost, truly, but many of us were hindered, knowing the name of our God, because of the translators of various languages who didn't do a great job translating out of Hebrew into English. And certainly they didn't translate it in Greek properly. But his name is Yahovah. That's the Father. God of Israel. He's one true living God. And who is his son? Who is also God? Carries that title? Jesus the Christ. Yeshua HaMashiach. The Messiah. And then the Holy Spirit of God. The third part of the triune God. Then said David, O Yehovah, God of Israel, thy servant hath certainly heard that Saul seeketh to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Now David was very well aware that this wicked ruler, King Saul, he had acted wickedly, so I can call him wicked at this point. He was rebellion. The Spirit of God has left him. God has sent the demons to him to torment him for his wickedness. 
King Saul will come looking for David and he doesn't care who he has to kill or how many to get to David. He's already shown that. Slaughtering the city of the priest, Abimelech, and all those that merely gave some showbread to David and gave David back the sword that he had captured from Goliath. And King Saul claims that they were conspiring against the throne. Well, nonsense. But Saul, he doesn't care. He's driven by evil spirits, anger, rage, resentment, jealousy, murder. He's got a spirit of murder in him that is driving him. Just as it will drive people today to do evil things. When their spirit flares up, they'll murder their wife, their children. They'll murder themselves. They don't care. Truly, Satan comes to kill, to steal, to destroy. And if ever a group needed deliverance, it's the church of God today. I'm talking about the whole church who call themselves Christians. The Catholics, too. They all need deliverance. We all need deliverance. Church is infested right now with demons. It's becoming more obvious, especially when you go to these churches that are pro sodomite. I don't think we should call it LGBTQ anymore. Just call it pro sodomite. Because it's all sodomy. It's perverted. These are perverted churches. They need to change their name to the First Church of Perversion. That's what they are. They do things that God calls an abomination. They need deliverance. Problem is, they never got deliverance. Now the demons got to control the pulpits. Many of the pastors have compromised. This is sad coming harder and harder to find a true house of God anymore might have to set up a house fellowship and build it on the right foundation the King James Bible God gave it to us in the English language stood the test of time you don't have to worry about being compromised by New Age Bible translators back to the word David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him and he said to Abiathar the priest bring here the ephod then said David O Yahovah God of Israel thy servant hath certainly heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake will the men of Keilah deliver me up into his hand now he's inquired again of the Lord should he stay there or not does he have any allies in that city? Or will they betray him to save their own skins? Will Saul come down as thy servant hath heard? O Yahovah, God of Israel, I beseech thee, tell thy servant. And Yahovah said, he will come down. It's a good thing David inquired because he now knows what's going to happen. Then said David, will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And Yahovah said, They will deliver thee up. 
So armed with that information, what would you do? What I would do is get the hell out of there. Quickly. Then David and his men, which were about 600, arose and departed out of Keilah and went wherever they could go. They made haste. And it was told Saul that David was escaped from Keilah and he forbore to go forth. Again, what if he had not asked the Lord? He would have been in danger, wouldn't he? Well, we need to seek the Lord to avoid danger. I can tell you the Lord has warned me just like this before. Multiple occasions. And I have also went to the Lord, sought the Lord. Using this example of David, I inquired of the Lord. Lord, what do I do in this situation? And I'll give you two examples of how this related to my own life experience. I'll never forget. I was living in Austin, Texas, working for a media firm there. I was a media buyer for an infomercial company. I would buy and sell also broker media time to ministries. I'm there seeking the Lord in a very difficult situation I found myself in. Raising my two-year-old boy at the time. And uh, put him in daycare, I'd go to work. All the while I was fighting a, uh, I would soon fight an international court battle. It would go to the highest levels of government. One step below the Supreme Court, I was at the federal level. And it was a battle for two years. And um, one day I got a call from my grandmother, who was a prayer warrior, had a hotline to heaven. God would speak to her and she would speak to the Lord. She'd meditate on the Lord all day. She would read her word and God would give her word studies. And God had spoken to her. She knew the voice of the Lord and knew to do what he told her to do. She had great faith and confidence in the Lord. Same grandmother, her and my grandfather Weber, were led by the Lord all through the ministry. Back to the very first time he said, leave Sunday night, midnight, no sooner, no later. She obeyed the voice of the Lord, did what others thought was crazy. And uh, her and my grandfather sold what they had, put all the kids in the car, my mom included, and they drove to Texas in the 50s. That launched him into the ministry. It went on over 50 years. But my grandmother called me, 2002. Said, son, the Lord has given me a word. And I want to think it was out of Hosea, but she said, you will be visited not too many days hence. Well, I knew exactly the meaning of that. They were coming for the boy. I didn't waste any time. Just like David got out of Dodge and quick, I realized I had to leave and I probably wouldn't be back. Cleaned up my apartment. Loaded the most important things. I couldn't take everything into the car and I had to walk away for some things. Locked up the place and I got out 
within about six hours. I didn't know how soon the visit would be, but it was imminent within about a day. And I hightailed it from Austin, Texas, right beeline up, about 20-hour drive, nonstop, to uh, North Georgia, to my grandparents' parsons there at the, uh, the church. God was warning me. And a day or two later, knock came on the door. They were coming for my boy. I can tell you many times, got another call. 2004, I'm in Costa Rica. My grandmother calls me. Son, the Lord told me to call you. Pack your bags, you're getting ready for a move. And I thought, okay. Thank you, grandmother. And I ended up moving out of this nice condo I was renting. Fast forward two years. I'm in Costa Rica. I lost the court case, sadly, due to uh, desperation taking, uh, making a bad decision later in the process. I won't go into that tonight. I'm alone in Costa Rica. God has blessed me with a great-grandmother. Going to hear from him. And she's told me, I'm getting ready for a move. And I... uh, was in a, uh, a condo and I downsized to a smaller place and once there I thought well okay God was telling me I was going to move and I did she called me again a few months later son the Lord wanted me to call you what did he say your mother do you remember the word he gave you before pack your bags you're getting ready to move yes he told me to call and remind you of that I said Remind me, I thought I'd moved, Grandmother. In fact, I've just moved. Suck everything I had in this, this move. Well, I'm just telling you, son. Also, he showed me pills of fire. Well, it had me a little bit disturbed. I said, Dear Lord, God, I thought this is where you want me to be. But it wasn't. God had other plans. He was telling me way in advance. And so I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, if this word be from you, give me a sign. And I've told this many times, I'll tell it in a short form now. I was troubled. What does pills of fire mean? And I thought, well, hmm, I'm in Costa Rica. There's at least three active volcanoes here. I thought that could be a volcanic eruption. Did a Google search, found out that a uh, seismologist at the University of Southern California had been studying the ring of fire, the fault lines, and those that were in the central valley of Costa Rica, that's the San Jose area. And he said there's a volcanic eruption that's going to come based on an earthquake that will hit in the future. And when it does, it's going to bury that whole area, San Jose area, under 100 foot of ash. 100 foot. Did you hear what I said? And I have been up to uh, Tabacon, which is a little resort area there in Costa Rica near the um, volcano. And at night, you can you can look up, see the volcano, and you see this red stuff oozing from the top. It's lava flow. I thought, well, whew, I guess I'm in the wrong place. 
could be Pompeii for him. God, do you want me to move? You got my attention. Give me a sign. Within 48 hours of praying that prayer, I'm watching CNN and there was not one but two volcanic events occurring. Tolima, Mexico, there was a volcano that erupted. And I always forget this. It's either Mount Rainier or Mount St. Helens begin to uh, light back up and shoot some ash. It didn't do full-scale eruption, but it began to get stirred up. This was October 2004. You can look it up. I saw two of those seismic events within 48 hours of prayer on my TV in my office on CNN. And I said, God, you got my attention. Okay, but I need you to do some things for me. I don't have the cash to go anywhere. And unless you provide the means, I'm stuck here. Not Nothing I can do about it. But if you want me to move, I have listened to you. I will obey, open the door. And I felt in, encouraged to step out in faith and put everything I had up for sale within 72 hours. Everything sold. Including a uh, 1988, or was it 1990 I think it was, Toyota 4Runner I had at the time. Sold that. Usually cars don't sell that quick. In fact, I had some friends that were trying to get out of Costa Rica and they had been detained because they hadn't sold their car yet and they needed that to move and it had been like six weeks on the market. Well, mine sold in 72 hours when I ran that ad. God blessed me so much he even sent a drug dealer named Chucky who had curly red hair in Costa Rica. He's about the only guy that had money. God used Chucky to come over and buy the Forerunner, and he also bought my uh, nice furniture I had there that I figured no one would buy because I'd spent a lot of money on some nice furniture. And uh, all said and done, I went from $700 in the bank to fourteen grand in cash. I went up, I had uh, a couple firearms, went back to the gun store in San Jose, Costa Rica, where I'd bought them, a Mossberg 500 with marine coat, and a uh, unfired Glock 19 9mm, some 32 round mags, and yeah, that belongs to the Glock 18, full auto version, but you could buy them over there, even though we had a ban at that time in America on large capacity magazines. And I went over to the gun store in San Jose and I said, Hey, I'm here to see if you want to buy these back said, why are you selling them? I said, well, I've got to move. And I explained what had happened. God had warned me to move. I warned him and I warned a few other friends and he looked at me very seriously. He said, you know, could happen. He said, I was here with my family back around, I think it was 1963 or so, 64, shortly before JFK died. And JFK was in San Jose, Costa Rica, gave a speech. And the very day he gave a speech, One of the volcanoes erupted there. I think it was... uh, There was Irazu and Arenal. One of them, I forget their names now. Erupted, it was shooting ash, and the ash was falling all over the uh, city. And this, this man's family was so disturbed by this that they immediately got the family, got on a plane, and went to Spain. And he said, we moved back there and didn't come back to Costa Rica for a long time. 
We thought the rupture was going to happen then. So that was another confirmation that something was going to happen. Now, I thought at the time it was imminent. Now, God didn't tell me why I need to move, but just that I needed to move. And to get my bags packed, I was getting ready to move. Now, that was exciting to hear from the Lord like that. And I had no means until God opened the door and sovereignly he helped me sell everything I needed. I had peace about it that time, had the cash, and I ended up going to Cartagena, Colombia for other reasons I won't go into tonight. As soon as I got on that plane, I felt the peace of the Lord. I knew I had obeyed the Lord and God was with me. And people out there now, they say, where should I go? Where do I need to live? You know, seek the Lord on that. Best thing to do is not take any action until the Lord tells you. But seek Him first, and He will guide and direct your steps. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. I had the peace of the Lord, and I obeyed. But I sought the Lord. He gave me the sign, gave me the means to do it. Then I executed. In between all this, I was in a court battle in the middle of these two situations I told you. And one day I was in just a jam. This was the day of reckoning. I had to go and resolve the issue before this federal judge. And I was in dire straits. And I said, God, what do I do? And I remember David inquired of the Lord. And I went to inquire of the Lord and opened up the Bible after praying. And it fell open to Job twenty-two twenty-five. It says, I will go before thee and be thy defense, and ye shall have plenty of silver. That's why Job twenty-two twenty-five will be my favorite verse of all time. God delivered me that day and later delivered a lot of silver into my hands. Because little did I know when God moved me out of Costa Rica and I was on the, I was at, you know, wit's end. Oh, God. Some revenue stream I had has dried up. I was living on some royalties for an herbal supplement. I had partnered on with a, a company and they had went belly up. But while it ran, it was good. And I was working on trying to figure out a new product. I was trying to promote seropeptase enzyme. This was in 2004. And then the Lord moves me to Cartagena. And I'm not there a month. And the Lord gave me a new business, which went on for four years, made millions of dollars in gross revenue called Desert Burn Hudia. And it was like a miracle of, of God for four years. Daily manna drop, same amount every day. It couldn't be replicated by man, but every day was a particular allotment that came out of orders. It was amazing. You know, six days a week. I'd seen the hand of God. At other times, I'd went to the Lord and inquired just this way, Lord, And when I was in a a court battle, he said, through his word, the very same words he gave to David, go up against him and I will deliver them into thine hand. I've seen this in practice multiple times where I went to the Lord and inquired for myself with the King James Bible and I meant business and I was in serious need of a word from the Lord and opened the word and God spoke me directly out of his word. That's how 
my relationship has been with him. I haven't heard him audibly except one time. But I've heard him through his word, which is the next best thing to hearing the audible voice of God. And I've also been given words through his prophets, which have come to pass, many of them. I treasure a word from the Lord, don't you? If we can just get a word, we'll know our directions. I would like to hear from him more often than I do, but when he does speak, I treasure that. And I have seen it in practice. Going to the Lord and inquiring, and he has spoken to me. Now sometimes people speak things that you may not like, but you still need it because it's straight up truth. Like the time I was in a bad relationship and this party had filed a divorce on me. And on top of that was sleeping with the attorney. Had committed adultery on me. And I was just heartbroken. That is what led up to, you know, being in a custody battle for my two-year-old at that time. And uh, so heartbroken, so lonely. I was ready just to go back into bondage. And I had already been warned it would be my death. But sometimes you're so emotionally distraught and you just want to give up. And I went to the Lord and the Lord spoke to me and warned me. Lust not after her beauty with thine eyes. That was one of the verses. I said, uh-oh. I said, Lord, you talk to me and open up the Bible. Fell open to 2 Corinthians 6. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? It goes on to say. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I was like, oh boy. God, you're speaking to me, aren't you? And I closed the King James Bible. Open it again. And God gave me the parallel verse. He even confirmed his own word in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Second verse he gave me in succession was the verse over in Galatians 5 1, which says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Meaning, don't go back into the thing that I'm delivering you from. And it was hard, I cried. I was distraught. But I knew that the Lord was telling me what had to be done. And uh, I didn't go back into it. God delivered me. If he's delivered you, don't go back like a dog to the vomit. And get entangled again. From one bad relationship into the next. Because entanglement could last years. Could set you back decades. 
I can tell you God speaks to his word. That's why I reverence the, the Bible. It's God's holy word. It's like having the Ark of the Covenant with you. We're to respect God's word. People died to deliver this word to us. And it's God's word inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. You can't say that about every book that claims to be a Bible. How do you feel that there are people that have copyrighted their Bible and you're not permitted to use but only excerpts without written permission? That's why? Because they have copyrighted it and they have altered it in sufficient measure to be able to claim a copyright for it. It's been altered. How do you how do you feel about someone altering God's word? That's the case with anything but the King James Bible. Talking about the modern translations that have come after. They're all corrupted to one level or another, some worse than others. With the inside of men and their commentaries and their amplification. I can hear people read verses today and it makes me sick because say that's not God's word it's been adulterated even the great Derek Prince sadly adulterated the book the blessing the curse you choose with many verses that were put in other translations I don't appreciate that they should all be King James let's be consistent with it nothing wrong with the King James the problem is we're not willing to put in the the work to rightly divide the word of truth nobody said it was going to be easy you want an e-version easy version you can get the message bible it's so watered down it has no power what's wrong with having to study to show yourself approved a workman that needeth not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth people want, want everything instant now that's all right. You can have an instant meal. Go down to McDonald's. With its acrylide, causes cancer. That's the coating that they put on the fries. Maybe you like a slime burger. Maybe you want to eat a chicken nugget. But first, look at it under a microscope and see what it's made up of. Some people have done that. It's bizarre. Textured. Uh beef mix in your Del Taco or your, not Del Taco rather, but your Taco Bell. It's like a mix. I don't want to get off on a tangent. So I stick with the King James Bible. It's held up for over 400 years. And it's going to hold up till Jesus calls me home. You don't have to worry about being adulterated. You don't have to worry about it being updated and made politically correct. Neutered. The reason it's the most hated book in the world is because, as the late Al Cubbett said, it carries power with it. It's a power sword. Except no substitute. Unless you want to read the, the Hebrew. Now, I'm talking about in English language because I'm English speaker, but course if you can read the original Hebrew now that's a bonus me and a number of people have set out to try to learn the language I'm at kindergarten level preschool but I have heard the Lord speak to me 
and I inquired of him. And I was reminded to, that we can inquire just as David did. And many times the Lord answered me with the same response he gave David. What I mean by that is I prayed, I inquired of the Lord, and then opened the word, and it said, And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against him? And the Lord says, Yea, go up against him, and I will deliver him into thine hand. And I did that before going to, uh, in the early court phase, when I was facing a, uh, a writ of habeas corpus, and they'd kidnapped my son, and were trying to uh, get him extradited to Mexico, and I would have lost the custody case for sure then in the Mexican court system, and they'd invoked the Hague Act. And uh, I went to the court to get my son. And I prayed that prayer, and that's the one the Lord gave me. David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up against him? The Lord says, Yea, and I will deliver him into thine hand. And the Lord delivered my son in my hand that day. I would lose him later due to a fall of my own and lose custody. But it wasn't the Lord's fault. I've been in battles and courts. I've been at the crossroads. When the call came in, pack your bags, you're getting ready to move. I've inquired of the Lord in difficult times, and He's answered, and He'll answer you. If we have a sincere desire to know His instructions and are willing to follow them and execute them. And again, the greatest verse I've ever received, Job 22:25. Yea, I will go before thee and be thy defense, and you shall have plenty of silver. The Lord performed that word in the court and then performed it later. And I got an email one day from Benjamin Brook, and it was just the verse, Job 22:25, Further confirming what the Lord had given me himself. And then I saw it happen in real time in 2004 when after the Lord told me to pack my bags, I got on that plane, felt the the burden lift as I was airborne. I said, well, it's going to be an adventure. I've obeyed the Lord. What's next? I had no idea. Greatest adventure of my life. Four years. And um, I just, I said all that to say this, um, nothing wrong going to the Lord. Want to know your future. One in counsel. Just go to the right source. Go to Yahovah. Don't go to a fortune teller and get someone to read your palm. Nothing wrong with wanting to know the future, but go to God. He's the only one who can tell you your future. And if you go to any other source, you'll be cursed. David did wisely. He sought the Lord every phase. I just checked the phones. If you need prayer, we're going to go to the phones here in just a minute. Almost done with this chapter. By seeking the Lord, David has avoided King Saul, who was fixing to lay siege to that city, and demand that the people throw him out of there to him, and they would have done it. God said, they will deliver thee up. So praise God. David got out. They went wherever they could. And David abode, verse 14, in the wilderness and strongholds. These are in, the, in the, uh, the, the mountains, the rocks, the caves. And remained in a mountain in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day 
but God delivered him not into his hand. And David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life, to kill him, in other words. And David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. And, Jonathan's, and Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the wood and strengthened his hand in God, encouraged him. And he said unto David, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee, and thou shalt be king over Israel. And I shall be next unto thee, and that also Saul my father knows this. Now Jonathan would have been heir to the throne had King Saul behaved himself and obeyed the Lord and not decided to depart from God. And Jonathan knew that it wasn't going to go well for his father, and he knew that he would not sit on the throne himself. But he loved David, and he loved the Lord, and he deferred to whatever God's will was. But they had made an agreement. When you come into your kingship, you will let my family live. And of course, King David kept his word even after Jonathan dies. And the two made a covenant before Yehovah, and David abode in the wood, and Jonathan went to his house. Then came up the Ziphites to Saul to Gibeah, saying, Doth not David hide himself with us in strongholds in the wood? In the hill of Hashelah they give him up, which is on the south of Jeshimon. Now therefore, O king, come down according to all the desire of thy soul to come down, and our part shall be to deliver him into the king's hand. Here the Ziphites are ready to betray David. And Saul said, Blessed be ye of Yehovah, for ye have compassion on me. How self-righteous and wicked for him to say that. Go, I pray you, prepare yet, and know and see his place where his haunt is, and who hath seen him there, for it has told me that he dealeth very subtly. See therefore and take knowledge of all the lurking places where David hides himself. And come ye again, talking to the group, to me with the certainty, and I will go with you, and it shall come to pass, if he be in the land, that I will search him out throughout all the thousands of Judah. How arrogant Saul is. How disobedient he is. The man is to be the servant of the Lord. And they arose and went to Ziph before Saul, but David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon, in the plain on the south of Jeshimon. Saul also and his men went to seek him, and they told David. Wherefore he came down into a rock, and abode in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that, he pursued after David in the wilderness of Maon. He didn't just take his time. He pursued him as fast as they could ride and march. And Saul went on the side of the mountain, and David and his men on that side of the mountain. And David made haste to get away for fear of Saul. For Saul and his men compassed David, and his men round about to take them. But there came a messenger unto Saul, saying, Haste thee, and come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. (laughs) God has thrown a wrench in the plans of Saul. You know, God can use our very enemies against us if we act wickedly as a nation. I think we're headed that way in America if, if America doesn't repent. 
and his leadership aren't removed. The Obama administration running this country wants to destroy this country. This is by design the takedown of America. We need to pray Obama out and all the wicked horde that work with him and their front man Biden. It may be too late. I don't know. But there came a messenger unto Saul saying, Hasty and come, for the Philistines have invaded the land. In closing, wherefore Saul returned from pursuing after David and went against the Philistines, Philistines, therefore they called that place Selah Hamak Lekoth. And David went up from there and dwelt in strongholds at Engedi. I would like to visit Engedi one day. Another one that lived in the strongholds was Geronimo. Was it Geronimo or was it Cochise? Maybe it was Cochise. The strongholds. There's actually a place called the strongholds out there in the desert. You can go out there where him and his uh, warrior tribe lived. And they had refuge against the cavalry, American cavalry. Okay. Well, we didn't get far today. We just did 1 Samuel 23. We're going to take a break, come back, take some phone calls. If you need prayer, Call in right now, 515-602-9734. Press option 1 when you do. 515-602-9734. 